Hello, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca S., as in fellowship, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, June 29th, 2021, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 5, How It Works, on page 67, the third paragraph. We will be reading and commenting on that one paragraph only, which begins with, notice that the word fear and ends on the top of page 68 with cause more trouble. Today's readers are Christoph L., Marge E., Janice P. M., and Martha Z. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, June 28, 2021 are 17,240 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, that's 17240, and 17,241 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, that's 17241. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Christoph L. to read the OA 12 Steps. Hello, my name is Christoph L. from PA, Compulsive Overeater Recovered. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 9. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Christoph L. I will now ask Marge E. to read the OA 12 Traditions. Thank you so much, Rebecca. This is Marge E. from Massachusetts. I am recovered but not cured. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive old reader who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such, ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me serve in this month, and uh, I pass. Thank you, Marge E. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as Compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book and we will be reading and commenting 
on the third paragraph only on page 67 that starts at the bottom of the page with notice that the word fear and ends on the top of page 68 with cause more trouble. I will now ask Janice PM to go ahead and read that for us. Well, thank you, Rebecca F. My name is Janice PM, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts, nice and hot. Notice that the word fear is bracketed along the, along the difficulties with Mr. Brown, Mrs. Jones, the employer, and the wife. This short word somehow touches about every aspect of our lives. It was an evil and corroding thread. The fabric of, wit of our existence was shot through with it. It set in motion trains of circumstances which brought us misfortune. We felt we didn't deserve. But did we not ourselves set the ball rolling? Sometimes, uh, let me look at the other. We think, think that fear ought to be classed with stealing seems to cause more trouble. Oh, what, what, what a paragraph. Now we just finished the resentment part of our fourth steps. Now we're going into the fears. And when I ever heard fears, I said, I'm not afraid of anything or anyone. Please time me, Rebecca. Um, and, but it's a different fear. I mean, I was so cocky. I wasn't afraid. Sure, I was afraid, but I didn't know that. I couldn't even name the fears. You know, I just couldn't, you know, because, you know, they were too terrifying or I was uncertain. And this step, this is why we need a guide. We need a sponsor that has gone through this. Now, um, God, I could go on with this, but, you know, we have unreasonable, I've had re unreasonable fears of the future. We just got through with resentments in the big book, and that's about the past. Could even be about the past hour or the past night. But the fear is about what's going to happen, something that I'm going to lose, or something that uh yeah, that I have that I'm going to lose, or I'm not gonna get what I want in the future. And that I was always wrapped up in the future, always wrapped in up in my own self reliance. I knew what was gonna happen. You know, I was so cocky, um, or I was so self, full of self-pity, full of, a, I'm the victim, always worrying, always anxious. So I have, um, I have an antidote for fear. The opposite of fear is trust. You can't, fear and trust of my higher power, they don't exist because I'm the one that's fearful. That's self-reliance. But trusting a higher power is where it's at. And it is difficult because I think I know so much that this is going to happen. Now, that's why he, she married my father because she's going to take over the business and all that stuff. And, and none of that ever happened now that I look back and, and I know in the future. But I wasted so much time worrying and, and getting resentful and worrying about the future and trying to plan how it was going to turn out. And I love it when it says here, fear ought to be classed with stealing. Well, I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't know what that was all about. What do you mean it's like stealing? Of course it's stealing. 
And I found out that it steals my relationship with the higher power. I don't have any peace. I don't have any serenity day by day. I don't have any joy. Always thinking, always thinking of what's going to happen in the future. Oh, my son is going to end up on the street. Oh, my son is going to not be able to to do this or that. Well, it didn't. It you know when I trusted and I tried really using step two and step three. That's the acronym for trust. Is it, it, it came through the way God wanted to, to come through, not the way I thought of it. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the one. This is my, my fear. It comes from me. What is fear? Fear is frustration. E is for ego. It's <laughs> all about ego. A is for anxiety, full of emotions, anxiety. And R is a resentment. <laughs> That's fear. That cannot exist with trust, and that is a process. That'll come, and before you know it, you're going to really trust the outcome. That's what we're afraid of is the outcome because we have the the story already written. This is going to happen. This is how they are. This is how uh, I'm out of control. You know, I don't want to be told what to do. I can't accept reality, all that stuff. It's just taking... Okay, thank you, Rebecca. It's taking all this space in my head. But it does change when we go through these steps. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Janice PM. Now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you haven't shared on a vision for you on Friday or Monday and would like to share on the third paragraph in the big book on page 67, notice that the word fear through cause more trouble, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Hey, this is Seneca, also Harriet in Fort Worth. Wanda, Illinois. Nancy P. Barbara. Kelly M. Kelly F. Christina J. Amy G. Did you get Nancy P? Wanda M. Barbara Noy. I'll tell you who I wrote down. Um, Seneca, I think I wrote that name correctly, and Wanda. And then someone whose name began with M. Are you available? Was there an M after Wanda? Maybe not. Barbara. And then I did it. Yeah, I got Barbara, but you don't begin with M, Barbara, so hold on. Uh, Nancy, I did write in Nancy, and then I heard Nancy P, but I'm wondering if there's a second Nancy. Okay. Then it must have been Nancy P. And Kelly F and Christina J and Barbara E. And uh, nobody with the initial that starts with the letter M, correct? Mati M. Uh huh. Mati. Oh, yes. Mati. Hi, Mati. Hi okay. there. <laughs> Thanks. So, so this is the lineup: Seneca, Wanda, Mati, Nancy, Kelly, Christina, and Barbara. Seneca, go right ahead. Hey, this, hey, my friends, my fellows, y'all know me as Seneca. I'm going through a name change, um, and I'm known now as Harriet. 
in my OA program. Um, fear, that's what kept me captive. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater today by God's grace and mercy. Fear, that anxiety, those butterflies, um, y'all may know from my stories that I share, um, I'm a former officer in the Navy. And a lot of times, man, you get put on the front lines like, you're an officer, go do it. You're an officer, go lead it. You're an officer, go be it. And I just remember those butterflies, like, I'm, all, I'm all instantly in charge of all these people. I'm instantly driving a multi-million dollar battleship. You know, these type of things. But the reality is, is that fear rears its head all the same in, in, in my recovery journey. And what I had to replace it with and see it as a four-letter word, fear, but I had to replace it with love. That's the four-letter word. So when those butterflies get in my stomach and they rumble, how I stay recovered is by having uh, love, acceptance, power, knowing that these tools will work for me, and soundness of mind, peace, peace. It's like a detour now. That fear thing, bing, it popped up, and, and it rules so many parts um, of my program, and I believe that that is why it, it is the dreaded, you know, the dreaded four-letter word, you know, in, in my recovery today, and, and that's, the, that's the reason I say recovered one day at a time, just for today. I feel that, and I walk through it in faith, because I heard faith without works needs a mortician and because it doesn't I mean what are we doing yes fear is going to be there my higher power helps me through that and I have to grow those go-go gadget arms for my higher power to be that for me today and I just wanted to share that when I face fear it's like a detour nope there's love there there's love here today and acceptance And that is my time. Thank you so much. This is Harriet, and have a great day. Go be the light, y'all. Harriet Seneca now is Harriet. Is that what you said? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Okay. I thought you said Syria. Okay, Harriet, thank you so much. And um, I'm making that change. And Wanda, I didn't get your first initial, but you are next. And then Mati M. Go ahead, Wanda. Hey, everybody. Good morning. It's beautiful where I'm at, and I hope everybody has a great day. God bless you all. This is an incredibly important paragraph. Uh, You know, it could be a turning point for, uh, uh, you know, life decisions because, uh, you know, I feel like I could tattoo it on my forehead and to remind myself or my arm. I mean, I just know that trains of circumstances, you know, boy, I'll tell you the wrong decision, you know, uh, at any point in life where there uh, are like factors that you can't control, like the future, you know, I, I have to rely on my higher power. I know that my higher power is love and that I have to have trust. But also, uh, for me, trust is hope. And hope 
is hearing other people's experience. If they did it, I can do it. You know, um, I sometimes think I'm terminally unique. Uh, I have uh, different circumstances. I am special. I am, uh, you know, all I know is uh, in my life, I was told very early on by my father, you can run away if you don't like it. I mean, it was ridiculous advice. And, you know, I was a cop-out. Well, I can't cop-out, man. I am, I, you know, I have uh, an environment. I have, uh, you know, uh, circumstances that, are unalterable and you know so it's adjust adapt and uh trust in my higher power and uh you know lead myself to the water and drink the kool-aid you know this is the kool-aid the 12 steps the uh principles of the program the big book bill and bob uh, you know, and growing up, suiting up, and changing, and being the better person that I know my higher power wants me to be, not using at all. I've been 36 years abstinent, and like someone said, uh, I'm recovered but not cured, you know. Uh, I have to enjoy my life. Uh, you know, at this uh, maybe, you know, uh, sunset, but the sun didn't go down yet. So, uh, you know, trust God, clean house, help others. Right. And thank you. Oh, thank you, Wanda. Um, Machi M. followed by Nancy P. Uh, did you say my name? Um, I this is Machi. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, This is Mati M., Recovering Compulsive Overeater from uh, Tucson, Arizona. And um, this paragraph uh, is just what I needed to hear. Uh, Before this meeting, I was riding my uh, imaginary tricycle around my living room with so much worry and so much anxiety. And um, the way that I would work before program is I would go from a fearful anxiety state from zero uh, to, you know, a hundred till I hit the roof. And so I learned that around 50, that's when I would reach out for the food uh, to calm me down. And this line that says somehow um, fear touches about every aspect of our lives. It was an evil and corroding threat. The fabric of our existence was shot through with it. And um, it's such a destructive uh, state of being. And it does uh, steal from ourselves. We do steal from ourselves and from God, our connection. And um, I have to 
remind myself that for me, the opposite of fear is faith. Um, but it's a constant reminder. It's not like, you know, I graduate from uh, controlling uh, my fears. It's God and it's constant. Um, I was thinking I could be in a yoga class and, you know, thinking the worst scenarios, right? Exhibit A, exhibit B, exhibit C. Well, you know, while I'm supposed to be mindfully breathing. So um, I do use humor because uh, that also uh, lowers my anxiety. But uh, God and my connection to God and my connection to all of you is the best antidote. Thank you. Thank you. One um, Mati M. Nancy P. Followed by Kelly F. Hey, good morning. This is Nancy P. In West Newton, Massachusetts, right next to Boston. Thank you for letting me share. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, you know, fear. I feel like you know they say resentment is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything from it. Stem all forms of spiritual disease, but fear. It's, you know, a stem grows out of soil and fear is the soil that grows my resentments. I mean, you know, it's true that, um, you know, I was a resentment making machine. And, but when I wrote my first, I wrote, I went through the big book step study process um, about 20 years ago. And um, I wrote my, my fourth step for um, six nights a week for one hour for three years. And it was 550 pages. And when I, it didn't take and I ate for 13 more years. And when I, um, did my fourth step um, with my vision sponsor. She gave me two weeks to do it, to write it. And I thought, you know, I wouldn't say peep to her, but I was like, what about the three years? What about the hour every night? What about, what about, what about? But um, I got to exactly the same point, exactly to the word with this new sort of Ferrari. The other one was my Buick. This was a Ferrari. And um, when I say got to exactly the same point, it uncovered the same fears. And I have, you know, a million resentments to mask all the same fears, which are human fears, you know, not getting what I want, not getting enough, losing something I have, other people's opinions. You know, I'm not, when I walk in the woods, I'm not a rabbit, so I'm not afraid of a hawk, you know, picking me up and taking me away. I'm afraid of, you know, people things. And um, when I exposed my fears and saw that there was an antidote to them, um, I began to realize that I didn't have to rest in fear. That wasn't my resting point anymore. And the steps are like, you know, they quiet, they quiet the fear. When they want to erupt, when my fears want to erupt, if I'm afraid of something, these steps solve that problem. They quiet the fears. And um, I'm never going to be without fear. They're like nascent, you know, they're, they're not, you know, I live today days and days and days without being fearful. But sometimes the bedevilments come and get me and I become afraid. But it doesn't own me anymore. None of my feelings own me. They do not dictate how I act, what I say, and, and, or anything like that. Um, I, I live next to them. And um, the steps have, um, have freed me from that. I used to live in a constant state of fear. The best I ever got was thinking that I forgot something urgent, down to paralyzed and unable to move you know, anything in between. And um, today I don't live that way. Today I'm happy, joyous, and free. And, um, 
you know, I, I'll say one last thing. The, the first speaker talked about trust. When I was determining my own conception of a higher power, I wondered, I thought to myself, all right, I'm going to do this. It's urgent. I have to do it. There's no way around it. What can I embrace? And the first thing that I thought of was I could embrace trust. And so I don't need to worry anymore. I know that whatever fear I have is temporary, and I have just the, um, just the medicine for it. And with that, I'll pass. Oh, great. Thanks, Nancy P. Kelly F. Followed by Christina J. Hey, guys. It's Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Eater and Bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, grateful to be on the meeting today. So this fear, oh, my gosh, some great shares already. Um, I love this. I like visuals and when it talks about this evil encroding thread. I remember that I used to watch these old cartoons, and I, I visualized, like, this thread, you know, up and down, dancing around this music, and it's darting in and out all over my body, and it's pretty much how it is. And, you know, I spent my life in fear, just this overall fear. I'm so dramatic. It's like I, when we had to do the fear inventory, it, looking at individual fears is different because I'm just like, I'm just afraid. I'm just scared. I don't know. And, I, and then when I'd have to look at the individual fears, I'm like, I don't know. You know, I don't want to look at that. You know, it's like I'd rather look at resentment and anger because I have this false sense of control, right? I just, it feels powerful. And of course I realize it's not, but fear is like, it's scary. You know, it's scary stuff, man. And it feels like I'm in this darkness, this abyss that I'm going to fall into. And why was that? You know, as I've worked this program, I'm realizing as I do the work because I was doing it alone. So it is dark. It is scary. And you know, what I've learned is as I work this process, I find this power that turns on the light, this light that we hear about and then it's not so scary. And I used to always think, I'd hear people say, you know, this is just my opinion. They say, you know, fear is opposite of faith. Of course, I took that to meant that if I had good faith, I wouldn't be afraid. So there, therefore, I apparently don't have it, right? So, spoiler alert, it tells us later, um, you know, at once we're going to commence to outgrow fear. I thought at once that meant it was going to take it away. It says we're going to outgrow it. So what I've learned is because as I worked this process, I now have a power that's going to hold my hand and get me through this stuff. It's going to, you know, it, you know, I love that idea of God's going to give me the courage to get through stuff. I had a reading this morning that was just perfect for this. It talks about this. My fear comes in a, how am I going to handle this? What am I going to do? Well, I don't have to do it alone anymore. I have, I have God's hand that I can hold. I have with you guys. And how do I access this power? I access it through these steps, right? You know, I used to want to just get God, just get God and God will help me. Well, I had to do the work. And it's through this work, the light starts turning on for me, and I don't have to live in that fear. Today, I have a choice. I have a choice. I can do it alone, get back into self-reliance, which is my old go-to, or I can lean into God, turn on that light, and I don't have to fall back into this dark abyss that I was always so worried about. I'm just so grateful today to have that light with me, to have my power, and I'm seeing that, you know, that fear is there, but I have a choice today. I can walk through it, and as I do, I get to outgrow this fear. And with that, I pass. Thanks for your service, Rebecca. Thank you, Kelly F. Christina J., followed by Barbara E. Good morning, Christina J. from the state of Washington, sitting here in fear. <laughs> oh, I have a million thoughts go through my head. I am riddled with fear. It has been an evil and corroding thread in my life, and I didn't know that until I did my four-step inventory. And behind every character defect in selfishness, self-centeredness, dishonesty, Fear was fear, fear. 
And, you know, I've gone through a lot of things in my life where I've took the bit in the mouth and done what I had to do, uh, very scary situations. My mother took my siblings and I through very, very scary situations through my whole life. I was born into a very scary situation. My cells have anxiety in them, and um, uh, uh, it's not real, but it's there. And there's one thing still that pushes me into the deepest deepest place of fear, and that is still uh, my need for validation. And I did a powerful 10-step the other day with my sponsee, actually. I was I was at the end of my rope with this thing, and something triggered that deep pain in me, and um, I, I saw the fear that uh, was false. And, well, it's false because God doesn't want that for me. That's why it's false. But the little girl in me wants it. She wants it. She's wanted it since she was born. It's her way to prove to the world that she's okay, that she's lovable. But the woman in me knows differently. You know, the woman knows that God has got to guide the ship, and he's not going to let me die without fulfilling my dreams and being of service. And what has been in the way of my pure service to God with my gifts and talents and that he's so graciously given me has been this need for validation from someone outside of myself. God is my greatest validator. I answer to God in all things, but this thing always comes along and punches me in the gut. And this is God saying, come to me, child, come to me, come to me. Lay this at my feet. Take a deep breath. Surrender. Call a fellow. Do a tenth. Do as many as you need to do. Do a fear inventory. Just keep working it. This is an old, old, ancient wound that I want to surrender fully to God. I, my fear today is it'll never be gone. But you know, it'll. Did you say time? Okay. But you'll never. Uh, I'll never get rid of it unless I continue to work through it and give it to God. I. Um, it is stealing. It steals my life. It steals my life every day that it happens. I, you know, most part I go along. I'm fine. But then all of a sudden, out of the blue, a tr- uh, an event happens that triggers this thing. So it steals, it steals, and all I can do today is reach up. And, you know, I'm so grateful that I have this. What would I do before? I'd lay in bed with my gut twisting and turning, trying to figure out this fear. Some fears we just can't figure out, you know. We can't see through the cotton candy in our head. And um, I just have to get up, start my day, start my prayers, let it go, and continue on and take a deep breath. So thank you for being there for me, all the people I've reached out to. I love you all. And I wish everyone well on this fear thing. God bless. Thank you, Christina J. That wasn't me. I hadn't said time back then. And Barbara E., it's your turn, and then we'll take more names. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for your service and all the wonderful shares I heard earlier. Well, I heard a speaker once say that the first casualty of addiction is is the truth. And fearful, I was not good enough. Fearful of the future. Fearful of rejection. But I know today that the antidote for fear is courage. Next was that my crazy life had no connection to my overeating. So I had to be absolved from self-pity fear of today and fear of tomorrow, allowing myself to play the victim, 
When I was 11, my father died suddenly, so I was fearful as a child that my mom would die and I'd be abandoned, I'd be alone. And the irony is, she lived to be 99 and a half, so I wasted all that time worrying about something that never happened. And dishonesty was my self-imposed prison. I had to admit that one more bite, one more lie, one more fear, one more resentment was one too many, and a hundred was never enough. And all my powerlessness over fear and my inability to manage my own life was fruitless. I lived in a prison of my own making, and I couldn't find the key to unlock the door. So today I'm so grateful that I was shown a way out. But if I ever think I'll graduate from OA University, I think I'll, the graduation song will be, Welcome to McDonald's, Welcome Home. Can we take your order, please? So I had to be absolved from this self-pity, the fear of today and tomorrow, allowing myself to play the victim. I had to ask my God, can you help me to stop killing myself with food and fear and misery and guilt? I'm desperate. I need you. Please help me. And I don't know why it worked, but it did. And to my surprise, I found I was not hopeless. I was not helpless, but I was powerless without my God. So in my inventory, I had to own my own mistakes and make restitution. And I can't believe everything I think because my brain is not normal when it comes to my disease. So I must practice sober eating and thinking and ask others for their opinion and listen to long timers and newcomers and remain teachable and humble. So how do I eat? I weigh and measure my food, no unilateral decisions, and I report back to my sponsor. I go to meetings, I speak to others, Bye. I stay with thank you, my food corral, and when I'm with others, I respect their views and listen to everyone. Thank you so much. God has shown me a way out. Thank okay. you, Barbara E. If you haven't shared on a vision for you on Friday or Monday and would like to share, on the third paragraph on page 67, notice that the word fear through cause more trouble, please feel free to press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Charles H. Lucy W. Margaret B. Okay, all I have is Charles and Nancy, I think. So we keep, please. Crystal P. Somebody, oh, Crystal P. Yes. Lisa B. T. Lisa B. T. Margaret B. Margaret, and I didn't get the W. I don't know if we'll have time. Luann W. Luann. G. Sue Ann? Sue Ann? I don't know. Someone Ann W. I don't even know if we'll have time for you, but I'm getting you on in case somebody runs short. 
Charles H., Nancy W., Crystal P., Lisa B. T., Margaret, and I think Sue Ann W., but you know who you are. Charles H., go right ahead. Charles H. We can't hear you. Yeah, I'm here. Thank you. I just wanted to give you a little couple of minutes to do your little, you know, do your your speech. I think sometimes we're running on people so much because we're so adrenalistic to share our little experience, strength, and hope. And um, it's just a little piece of it. So I took the day off yesterday, and I spent the day at at the hospital. And, you know, um, it it was a, a blissful day. I listened to all three meetings. I made so many outreach calls. I seen a therapist. I didn't believe in therapy, but I seen a therapist, and 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 I got open, and I, and I and I did a fourth step again because, you know, because of fear, frustration, ego, anxiety, resentment. I don't care how, to sound good on the line and and get the texts and the data boys. No, this is real life, real time, real situation, and I, I'm riddled with fear, self-centered fear, and. Yesterday was the most blissful day in my life because I really got deep. You know, it wasn't just a toothache. It was a root canal, and I got deep. That's what the inventory is for, not to come on the line and be like, I'm so super recovered that I don't have any resentments or I don't have any fears or anxieties or not good enough or need to be validated. I'm not the victim. I'm the victor. Because I'm doing the work, and it feels great, I was able to make the, the hardest place to make amends and the deepest wounds is with the family. And I'm here with my grandson, my young grandfather, and, and it's just beautiful. And I, took, I, was, I was afraid to take my, my personal days and sick days, but I really need to take it because what I have is a mental illness. Addiction is a mental illness. I don't come on a line to be like, I'm so recovered that, uh, that, that, that the kryptonite, which is the buildup of my, my human emotions, that I don't have anymore. No, I embrace my feelings, just like Paul O. Blaming my wife and blaming my daughter and blaming this and blaming that. No, it's on me. I am not the victim. I'm the, I'm the victor. So, you know, I stepped away from work for a minute, took care of some things, Got the inventory. I don't feel sorry for me, baby. I feel sorry for you if you bottle up them fears in you because they're killing you. You want to have a bravado or a type of persona that you have all the answers, like you Google or something. Not even Google got all the answers. The book got all the answers because the book comes from a higher book, which comes from a higher source, which reveals a higher self in me every single day. And I like the person I'm becoming. So with that, I pass. Thanks, Charles H. Nancy W., followed by Crystal P. I think it was Nancy W., but we don't hear anyone speaking. Did I get that? Hi, Rebecca. I think it was me, Minky W. Oh, Minky, go right ahead. Hi, I'm Inky. I'm a compulsive overeater. So glad to be on the line. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you for your service. Um, so this um, 
I really needed to hear all your shares around fears and knowing that I'm not alone in my fear and I'm not, um, you know, the same way sometimes you go to a meeting and pe- um, people say, raise your hand if, you know, there are other compulsive overeaters in this room. And so kind of like raise your hand um, if there's somebody else living in fear. So I, I don't feel alone and that's really um, a bomb to my soul. And um, for me, in terms of fear classified with stealing, it, for me, it just steals my joy, my serenity, my living, my life, living life on life's terms, accepting life on life's terms, and having a happy and joyous free life. I'm not free. I'm in bondage when I'm in fear. I am um, afraid that things won't go my way or that things won't go, you know, whatever. I, I'm just I'm just afraid living in fear. And anxiety, like, yeah, it's a mental illness, but it comes from a spiritual malady. It comes from me being afraid of anything and everything. And so it really steals a large portion of my life and has stealed a large portion of my life living in fear of things, how are things going to work out for the future instead of living in the present that I am currently right now living in the presence of God. God is taking care of me um, through anything and everything, whatever I'm going through, God's taking care of me and he's taking such super good care of me. And um, I've heard in these rooms and it's so, um, for me, I really identify in is that if I've got a roof over my head, clothes to eat, clothes to wear and food to eat, that I'm good. And for me, that means that if God's taking care of that, He's taking care of everything for me because that's um, like a step two kind of thing. He's restored me to sanity. He's given me everything like in terms of a sane living. I have what I need. And so he's going to provide for everything else that I need in terms of sane living. That means I'm going to get what I need. I don't have to worry about my future. And um, so the last couple of days, what I've been doing, what's, uh, what's been helpful for me is turning all my fears. And I have this little God box, which is basically like a tissue box that's been decorated really pretty and it's overflowing because it's many, many years old because I've been in recovery for a while and um, I put in all my fears of what's going to happen in the future around all different areas of my life. And I have to tell you, like sometimes I take out like some old fears and I read them and I'm like, oh my, like this fear that I still worried about and spent so much of my precious time being anxious about has turned out to be so miraculous. What I thought was supposed to be my plan and that was the greatest plan, God had a plan that I could have never, ever envisioned that was totally like way better than I ever thought. I, it wasn't, thank you, it wasn't even my realm of consciousness. So I'm so glad to be here. And thanks, and I pass. Thanks, Minky W. And Crystal P, you're next. And then Lisa B.T. Good morning. This is Crystal P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Toronto, Canada. For me, fear is probably the most powerful part of this disease for me. It creates pain that does not exist. It's like it's such a powerful delusion. I remember for me, one of my biggest fears is the fear of just pain in general, physical pain or emotional pain. And I remember there was this one uh, medical procedure that I've been avoiding for a long time, and I've been working with my sponsor, you know, on the fear and uh, or working through the steps with, with the fear. And finally, it was scheduled, and my sponsor was very kind. She came with me uh, because I was afraid to go myself. And and I was so terrified in the doctor's office. They couldn't even do the procedure. I, I reacted. I, there was just so much of drama and fear and shaking 
they couldn't even do the procedure. But they, they stopped, and afterwards, my sponsor asked, well, did it, did it hurt a lot? Oh, sorry about that. She asked, did it hurt a lot? And I said, oh, no, actually, it didn't hurt at all because they didn't do anything. And, but I reacted like as if it was really happening to me. And that's how I react to life when I'm in fear. I'm so convinced that there is pain where there actually isn't any. And I react like the pain is actually happening to me. It's like a hallucinogen. You know, and um, what I've come to learn this week as I'm, I was talking to God about my fears, and what I've come to learn is that no external solution will make my fears go away. I'll just manufacture a new one or I'll manufacture pain that doesn't exist to react to, you know, and no amount of arguments and intellectual exercises will make my fear go away. And what I heard God say to me was, Crystal, like the only solution to this is for you to trust that I love you so much that I have got you, that you are already safe. There is no problem right now. And the only way you will trust that is not by anyone convincing you with words. It is for your body and your heart to learn it over time and experience. For your body to slowly experience what it's like to live in my peace. For your heart to experience what it's like to live in my peace. And slowly over time, you will let go of those old fears. And you will start to live in that knowledge that you, I have got you and you are safe. And in the meantime, I'm, it's slowly being shaved off of me. But in the meantime, every time a fear comes up, I work the steps through it. And slowly over time, I know God will remove these fears. And I will get to a place one day where instead of going down that rabbit hole and creating problems that don't exist and reacting to pain that don't, doesn't exist and getting that ball rolling, instead I will choose to trust in God. Thanks for letting me share it, Pat. Thank you, Crystal P. Lisa B.T. followed by Margaret. Hi, uh, this is Lisa BT. Can you hear me? Yes, Lisa, go ahead. Oh, good. Okay, thanks. I'm just having a bit of trouble with my phone this morning. Um, uh, good morning. This is Lisa BT. Thank you so much um, for the service of having this meeting happen this morning. Um, I live uh, in Guelph near uh, Toronto, Canada. Um, I think what really struck me so much this morning and made me want to um, Sort of speak is just how grateful I feel that I could be listening to a conversation like this this morning. Um, you know, I feel that fear is um, simply part of being human, um, and I wish that little kids in school could hear um, conversations around um, how it's possible to. Um, to manage fear, how it's possible to even accept that it's there in the first place. Um, I feel like, you know, I used to feel, especially with my program in general, like that I would um, miraculously get cured. Like I would no longer feel the way I feel about food, particularly sweet food, um, you know, that, that it would be sort of, it would be done. And it's quite the lesson to learn that, um, you know, this, this is an ongoing process, but so is life itself. And I can be recovered in the sense that um, I can find that there is a way to be a human being and live a life that's happy, joyous, and free because I'm connected. I'm connected to other human beings. I'm connected to my higher power. Um, and... I feel that a lot of my fear stems from um, 
you as being disconnected in some way. And ironically, when I eat, I absolutely isolate myself and I become secretive and you know, figure that's, that that's the way for me to be safe. So just, just wanting to express a, just a huge amount of gratitude this morning that it's possible just to hear people talking about this in, in such a healthy, normal, natural way. It's such a gift. And that'll pass. Thank you, Lisa B.T. Margaret. And maybe there will be time for Sue Ann, but I don't know. Go ahead, Margaret. Good morning, Mandy Hood. Yes, good morning, Margaret. Oh, hey, good morning. Um, I'm going to make this really quick. Well, first of all, my name is Margaret D. I'm in um, Georgia, and I'm so grateful to be recovered today, recovered through God's grace and mercy. I don't know if I can really put this in words um, clearly, but fear for me seems to be nothing more than a place where I block God out. And so the remedy for that, of course, is working the steps, and, and this is after a lot of work or what have you. But now, wherever I start to experience fear, um, when I think, what would it be like if God was running the show in that instance or moment when I'm afraid, the fear just instantly dissipates. Um and so with that, I'm going to pass, and I'd like to hear what Sue Ann has to say. Thanks. Margaret T., thank you for your generosity. Is the name Sue Ann W., or am I making a big mistake? <laughs> Something like Sue Ann W. There is time after all. You could star one to unmute Sue Ann. Sue Ann W. Yes, could you spell your first name? We're just not catching it. Oh, that's okay. J O A N N. Go Ann. You have a couple of minutes. Go right ahead. Okay. Thank you. I'm Joanne W. from Recovering Proposable Reader and Sugar Addict from Bucks County. Um, I always get nervous when I share, trying to work through that fear. And um, how comes that fear? I'm relating to a lot of things that a lot of people would say. When I share, it seems like there's so many things I want to share about, but then I ended up um, just growing up in a, a fearful, born into a fearful household, and fear of can't spending my whole life of being fearful of everything, the fearful of outcomes, fearful of what is. Um, um, fearful of not being good enough and looking at my whole life, looking at 
the world my whole life in a fearful way, always waiting for that other shoe to drop. And just learning to work through that fear and noticing that how much I do fear. I fear sharing on OA. If I mess up, what what do I say? Is it important enough to help anybody? Just realizing that I do have a lot of fear and a lot of resentment. And I thank you for this meeting and everybody for all their honesty and their realness and and all they share. And I want to thank you. And I'll pass. Thank you, Joanne W. Joanne was our last person to share. Sure, keep coming. Um, Thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting, whether you shared or not, and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, June 29th, 2021, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 17,246. That's 17246. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Martha Z please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Thanks, Rebecca. Good morning, my friends in recovery. This is Martha C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us. As you trudge the road of happy destiny, may God bless you and keep you until then.